Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And a very good Monday morning, evening, afternoon, whatever the hell it is. Beningo, back with you again, the Older Pain Podcast. It is Monday, August 14, 2023, and the Joe Beningo Older Pain Podcast is brought to you by the Hackensack Brewing Company. You need a discount tire, and, of course, our good friends at DraftKings. All right, I uh, I, I don't want to belabor the point. I mean, I know I've been I've hammered the Mets. I was on on, on a Saturday. My Saturday show just eviscerated them with what they've done this year as they are tanking. You know, we talk all the time about basketball, NBA teams tanking. Well, the Mets are tanking. The Mets are tanking this season. This is exactly what they have done. They've punted on the year. they punted on next year, as far as I'm concerned, as well. And now you're starting to hear rumblings, right? And this is really making me crazy now, even more. Now you're starting to hear rumblings that they may not re-sign Pete Alonso. I mean, what the hell is going on with this franchise? But this is typical of the Mets. I mean, this is what we've seen forever. Remember, this is the team that traded Tom Seaver, a franchise, okay? Traded him for Pat Zachary, Steve Henderson, Doug Flynn, and Dan Norman. That's right. Four immortals that they traded the greatest player in their history for. One of the great pitchers in the history of, of baseball, the great Hall of Famer that he was. They traded Nolan Ryan, okay? And I understand Nolan Ryan really wasn't, hadn't become the pitcher that he would eventually become in Anaheim and Houston and Texas and all that down the road. But they traded Nolan Ryan for basically a washed up shortstop by the name of Jim Fregosi, who was a very good player with the angels, but he was done when the Mets got him and they want, they want, he wasn't going to play shortstop. He was going to play third base for the Mets. Just a ridiculous trade. But this is the kind of deals the Mets have made forever. Remember, they traded David Cohn, right? Yeah, David Cohn for Ryan Thompson and Jeff Kent. And I know Jeff Kent had, a, in my mind, the Hall of Fame career when he got to the Giants and, and Houston and all that. But he he was never going to cut it in New York. That was a terrible trade. I mean, a brutal trade. This is the franchise that let their best everyday player they ever had, homegrown Daryl Strawberry, let him walk out the door as a free agent in 1990 and go to the Dodgers with Frank Cashin, who I couldn't stand, basically pushing him out the door, the GM, pushing him out the door when he said at the time on national television that, that Daryl Strawberry was not a $5 million a year ball player, which back then probably equates to about $20, 25000000 a year now. And pushed him right out the freaking door. 
what a disgrace that was. I can't tell you. Uh, two of the most upset days I've ever had uh, times in my life as a Met fan, the Siva trade and letting Strawberry walk. Unbelievable. Yeah, it makes me crazy. How about when they traded Kevin Mitchell for Kevin McReynolds, right? Because Mitchell, according to Cashin, was a bad influence on Doc and Darrell. Remember that? Remember that garbage? Right? He was a bad influence on those guys. If anything, it might have been the other way around. And maybe if the Mets actually, you know, uh, took care of Daryl and Doc and kept an eye on them like they should have, maybe things would have ended a lot better there. Maybe they would have already had their numbers hanging at City Field like they should now anyway. And, of course, we know what happened with Kevin Mitchell. Mitchell wound up going to the Giants and was the freaking MVP in the National League in 1989. He had 47 freaking home runs. But they, you know, but they got that stiff McReynolds. Yeah, he was a good player. He hated being in New York. And you can't tell me, you can't tell me that that locker room, you know, wasn't, uh, you know, a little off with McReynolds there. He's my most hated man of all time. I can't stand the guy. I, really, I can't stand him. You know, him and Cash and, you know, the, the two of them that I have nothing but complete disdain for. But that's not even the end of it. How about Ray Knight? So Ray Knight in 1986 has this tremendous year with the Mets, right, playing third. He wins the World Series MVP. World Series MVP. So what do they do? What does Cashin do? He lets them walk to the Tigers. Doesn't want to pay him. Let's them walk. <laughs> Typical Mets, right? This is what we see all the time with them. How about the Daniel Murphy situation? Remember that? Daniel Murphy has this unbelievable run in 2015, leading the Mets to the World Series. He has this crazy postseason. He's hitting all these home runs, on and on and on and on. And what did the Mets do? What did they do? You know what they did. They let him walk. And you got you got Gary Cohen on the air saying that he's a net zero, right? Which is basically the management pushing him out the door, right? Was he a problem in the locker room too? And then what happened when... And then what happened with Murphy, right? He goes to the Nationals. Not only does he tear the Mets up every time he plays them. I don't think the Mets got him out all year when, again, when they went up against him. And he basically was the National League MVP that year. Remember that? What a disgrace. I mean, and there's more. How about the Rusty Staub for Mickey Lolich trade? At that time, Rusty Staub was the star of the team, right? 1975, whatever it was. Mickey Lolich was a tremendous pitcher for the Tigers, but he was done. And the Mets trade stopped to the Tigers, who had, and he has some more great years in Detroit. And Mickey Lolich is an absolute crap out in one year as a Met. And we could go on and on and on with these kind of moves over the years by this franchise. Jose Reyes wins the batting title back in 2011, whenever it was. He's a free agent. Eh, let him walk. See you, Jose. Right? we I mean, it's it's unbelievable. This has been the M.O. of this franchise over and over and over. And you could even say it about DeGrom. Now, we knew DeGrom didn't really want to be here anymore. But another, another case, and thank God they didn't sign him because he looks like he's done as he's got Tommy John surgery again. But another guy, they basically just, eh, let him go, right? Who cares? And now we're starting to see this crap again with Alonzo. All of a sudden now, we're hearing the rumblings that there's trouble in the clubhouse. There's a problem in the locker room. And all of a sudden, Alonzo's the problem. And I'm hearing this from Met fans. I'm talking to Met fans. Oh, yeah, let him. we got to get rid of him. What do you mean you got to get rid of him? 
This guy's on his way to being the best everyday player we ever had. Homegrown guy. Guy hits 40-plus homers and drives in 100-plus RBIs every year. Every year. Even in an off year right now for him, he's got 35 homers and 87 RBIs, right? Even in a year where he's missed like 10 games because of getting hit in the wrist, right? And nice job by the Mets not throwing at anybody on Atlanta over the weekend in the four games they played. Oh, they did beat him last night. Big whoop-de-damn-do, <laughs> right? As Derek Holman once said. I mean, I, I mean, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. It really is. And then they punt on this year, you know? And, and, and the Verlander trade was really the one that really made me crazy. But I'm getting upset about Alonzo. Uh, they, they are greasing the skids now. Get ready, Met fans. They are greasing the skids to get Alonzo out of town and try to have the fan base be eased by this move. I'm telling you, this is what's going on right now. And I'm, I'm freaking ticked off about it. I really am. How do I know that there's real problems? Now, maybe there is problems in the clubhouse. You hear rumblings? I hear it. But is there really is, is Alonzo really the problem? Or is it that, that the Mets are creating this you know, illusion of this so they can, again, you know, well, he's been a locker room problem. We got to get rid of him. They should be signing him now. They should be signing. Alonzo should be getting a long-term deal right freaking now. And then you read, this is the other thing that makes me crazy, too. When I read this yesterday, and I don't want to mention the guy's name because I really can't stand him. There's not, a, there's not, I really, I, I can't stand the guy. But there's a lot, and he don't like me either. But there's a lot of, a lot of baseball writers. There's very few baseball writers I like. You know, most of these guys are these elite type guys. They all think they're smarter than you. They all think they invented the game. What do you know? They look at the fl- like they look at the fans. Dare I say, like deplorables? Okay, uh, let's use that word. Thank you, Hillary Clinton. Okay, <laughs> all right, we'll use that word. So this guy's yesterday is going how it sounds like the running backs in the NFL. How the devalue the devaluing now of the position of first base in baseball? Okay, you know all these geeks. You know, that run baseball now, they could never play. I mean, these guys, they, they could never, ever play, right? Terrible athletes. So they're going to reinvent the game and show you how smart they are, right? And that's what we're going to do. Sabermetrics, exit velo, right? All that crap, right? OPS plus, war. We could go on and on. War, like Edwin Starr once said. No, 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 not Bruce. Edwin Starr, the original. War. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. That's right. So I can't, I really, I can't stand so many of these baseballs. There's a couple of guys, John Harper I love, John Heyman, you know, love John Heyman. Maybe there's a couple other guys that I like that, you know, need baseball right. That's about it. It's a short freaking list, I'll tell you that. <laughs> really, it is. It's very short. But this guy, this guy specifically, who, you know, he's, he, he fancies himself as the premier baseball writer in New York. Okay, we'll say who he is. I won't say his name, but you know who I'm talking about. Probably went to Yale or Columbia or Harvard or, you know, one of those schools, something like that. Cornell, Penn, Princeton, wherever he went. Some Ivy League. Anyway, I'll be surprised if he's not. So he writes this article yesterday, devaluing first base. As a position now, non-athletic guys, you know, it is. It's not as valuable as shortstop or third base or center for whatever. You know, the, you know, you know, reinventing the wheel. 
<clears throat> you know, Lou Gehrig wasn't any good. I mean, his war, pro- Lou Gehrig probably, the, who not probably, the greatest first baseman of all time, I'm sure they found a lot of flaws in his game, though, right? He only had a lifetime 340 batting average, but batting average doesn't matter. Who cares? <laughs> what was his OPS? Unbelievable. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, so this guy, he's writing about how, you know, the Cardinals let Albert Pujols go, right, which they did, let him go. He signed a big contract with Anaheim. The Braves let Freddie Freeman go, right? He signs the big fro- big, pro- uh, big uh, contract with the Dodgers. But here's the big difference between Freddie Freeman, Albert Pujols, and Pete Alonso. Albert Pujols had already won two world championships with the Cardinals. Had he not? Oh, Freddie Freeman just won a World Series with the Braves, right? Oh, I don't see where Pete Alonso has won any World Series with the Mets, has he? So let's get rid of them. Let's dump them. Let's go get some, you know, minor league relief pitcher for them. How about that? But it's the top prospect. You're getting a high prospect. He wants too much money, right? He wants Aaron Judge money when he's not Aaron Judge. You know, I understand that. So is this the new? So now they're greasing the skids, right? They're greasing the skids. So they can get rid of Alonzo and not rile up the fan base too much. Listen, Met fans, we have got out and out effed by this friend, by this organization this year. There's no other way to say it. And maybe you think you like what's going on. And it makes me crazy hearing certain Met fans, and I'm not going to name them either because I like these guys too. I'm not mentioning their names that they're ready to let Alonzo go. Get him out. Got to trade him. What? What? So is this what's going to happen at the end of the year now? The Mets going to trade him in the offseason for, for some prospects that probably are never going to make it? And then we'll look back at this trade as another brilliant, right in line with all the other ones I just mentioned, all the other great moves the Mets have made, letting big-time players walk out the door? Right? I mean, seriously, is that is that how we're going to look at this? In how many years? I, I'm I'm disgusted, man. I, I tell you, this is the low. As a Met fan, I've had two extremely low, low points. Not that I would ever abandon my, this is going to be my team my whole life. I've seen it all. But they have hurt me deeply twice in the history of the franchise. Number one, the Tom Seaver trade in 1977, when I basically cried when I saw the Sports Illustrated. Not that I didn't, of course, I cried when it happened. But then it made it even, it hit home even harder when I got my Sports Illustrated that week. And there's Tom Seavers sitting in the dugout in the Cincinnati Red uniform. That was great. And then the second one was when they let Strawberry walk as a free agent in 1990. Right? Just let him walk out the goddamn door to the Dodgers, right? While Frank Cashin and Joe McElvain, who were running the show at the time, freaking went, went in hiding somewhere so they wouldn't be, uh, you know, tarred and feathered by the French, by the Met fans. And then turned around and basically said, eh, they had to sign a player. So what do they do? They go sign Vince Coleman like that. Oh, Vince Coleman, he's going to replace Strawberry. We're going to go from hitting home runs with Daryl to stealing bases with Vince. (laughs) The only big thing Vince ever did as a Met, because he stunk as a Met, the only thing he ever did was uh, spray, was was, uh, set off firecrackers in the parking lot of Dodgers Stadium and injure some fans. Oh, that was great. What a disgrace. 
No, I, I, I'm telling you. So those two days were the worst. And now this one is like get is right up there. They really they pulled the rug right out from under us this year. And I understand they weren't winning the World Series. They were underachieving. This is what happens on and on and on. If they would have kept it together, at least kept Verlander, because Scherzer screw him, at least kept Verlander. Maybe they would be be somewhat in contention for a wild card because all these wild card teams have started to drop a little bit in the National League. But nah, we know better. We're going to pivot. We're going to screw the fans, right? (laughs) Steve, what makes Steve – tell me right now, seriously, what makes Steve Cohen – everybody, we all were throwing a party with Uncle Stevie. He ain't my uncle anymore. We all were throwing a party with this guy, right? Like my my great old partner, Evan Roberts – Oh, you know, Uncle Stevie and all this beautiful money and all of this and all of this nonsense. It's all BS. What makes Steve Cohen any better than M. Donald Grant who basically pushed Seaver out the door? What makes what makes Steve Cohen better than the Wilpons, right? And even it was even Doubleday at this point, who basically let Strawberry walk out the door, right? We were all comparing about the complaining about the Wilpons over all these years. What makes Cohen any better? What is he doing? What we gotta wait three years to see a good team again? After he gave us the crap, right? The absolute BS that hey, well, we're you know when we're gonna once he bought the team, we're gonna we're gonna be a contender in three to five years. My ass! This team goes from 101 wins last year to what? How many games are gonna win this year? They're gonna make they're gonna win 70 games the way they are. What do they got? 52 wins, 53, whatever it is. What a disgrace! It's a disgrace. So yeah, go ahead. So go get, go dump Alonzo. Go make another brilliant move, Met uh, New York Mets. Go screw the fan base again. This is the reason this team has won only two World Series since 1962. I know they've been to five. Big deal. This is another reason why they've never, ever, ever. You know, I we hear Cohen talk about sustained success. Well, where is it? This is one of the reasons why we've never ever seen this franchise go to the playoffs more than two years in a row. Think about it. Never been to the playoffs more than two years in a row in the history of the freaking franchise. And they haven't won a World Series since 1986. That's now, uh, let's see, 37 years ago. But that's okay, right? That's cool. It's the Mets. It's the same old crap. Same old, same old, same old. And they wonder, they wonder why they continue to be second fiddle to the Yankees. Because they are. And they have been for a long time. And the Yankees aren't exactly lighting it up right now themselves. And we'll get to them in a minute. Keith, Dun- well, my wife says, I tell you right now, Keith was not happy about it. Well, 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 Col- well, but well, I not even not necessarily about that. But my wife's asking me about about uh, Hernandez. But Cohen and Darling were echoing the party line, right? Oh, this team, this is what happens when a team underperforms and underachieves. Of course, not nothing, you know, Buck, you know, it's not Buck's fault. Not Billy Epler, not Buck. Oh, no, Buck, he's he's the Teflon Don now, <laughs> right? He's, he's had such a great freaking year. Buck who's won nothing. You know what the problem is? The media loves Buck. They love him. So they don't say anything bad about Buck. Oh, they're all uh, warm and fuzzy going back to when he managed the Yankees. And he got hosed. Back in 1995, when Steinbrenner let him go, he shouldn't have, even though Tory takes takes over and they start winning championships. But he hasn't gotten; he's had a terrible year, and he's gotten away scot free. Let's be honest about it; <clears throat> completely scot free this season. 
What a joke. But getting back to Hernandez, Hernandez wasn't happy that they punted on the season. Hernandez was the one guy in the booth, and he didn't say a lot about it because he can't, you know, because the management will dump him or whatever. He is only keeping his numbers only up on the, uh, on roof at, at City Field. But so what? But Hernandez was the one guy that was ticked off that the Mets did this. The other guys did the, And I love Ron Darling. You know how I feel. I'm very, very lukewarm about Cohen. But I love Darling. But he was right in line. He was right in the party line there with Cohen about what the Mets did. And they'll be the same way with Alonzo. You're hearing it already from those guys. You're hearing it from Cohen already, right? Right? If Alonzo's here. If they re-sign him, right? <clears throat> if, if, if. So they're greasing the skids to stick it up our ass again, Mets fans. So get ready for it. And those Mets fans that want to trade Pete Alonzo, when they do, and he's sitting there killing us playing for the Dodgers or the Braves or whatever freaking team he winds up with, right? Can't wait to hear what you say about it then. All right, let's get our sponsors in here. Uh, the Hackensack Brewing Company, you know the deal. You know the story. Uh, we will be doing our next live podcast September 1st from Brewing Company. Evan Roberts will join us as we will uh, ease our way into football, which can't get here fast enough. Uh, and then some point during the season, we'll have uh, Fireman Ed. Ed Anzalone will join us as well at the Brewing Company. And you know the deal. Located just 10 minutes off the George Washington Bridge, less than less than 30 seconds off Route 4, and beautiful Who Needs a House out in Hackensack. Is that all you get for your money? But anyway. Uh, the tap rooms open 4.30 to 10, Monday through Friday, 2 to 10, Saturday, 12 to 8, Sundays, 78 Johnson Avenue in beautiful Hackensack. See everybody over there, Mike Jones, TJ, Andre, Herb, the whole mishpoka there. Make sure you try my Oda Payne beer. I don't know when TJ's bringing out the football version of the beer again. I don't know. But we got two versions. We got <clears throat> the Met Colors and the Jet Colors. So check it out when you're there. And, of course, they need a discount tie. Don't forget them. Go see Johnny. Go see Ari. You need tires. You need work done on your car. You need your car inspected. Whatever you need. You need an emotional support day. Whatever you need. Go check out Anita Discount Tires. Tell them Vidingo sent you. They'll take care of you. Rivervale, New Jersey, Westwood Avenue. Do a tremendous job. Go see Johnny. Go see Ari. The whole deal over there. And, of course, DraftKings, they'll be with us starting again in the football season. Hey, go check them out. You know, they got all that DraftKings casino stuff. You got in-game betting, in-game parlays you can do. You can bet on basically anything with DraftKings. And uh, we'll be ready for another monster football season. And by the way, what we're going to do, when we get into football, we are going to expand the show from a half hour to an hour. And we'll start. I was. We won't do what we're going to do. Normally, we would start the Monday after the opening weekend. This year, we're going to start on Tuesday So because the Jets open on Monday night. So we'll actually do our first hour show will be after the Jet opener against Buffalo, which will have to actually, actually uh, be uh, Tuesday, September 12th. So you want to check that out, and we will expand, as I said, the uh, Oda Payne podcast uh, to an hour. We'll have our football picks again on Friday, the whole thing. Football Mondays and Football Fridays coming up again on the Oda Payne podcast. And, of course, as I said, we will expand it to an hour. All right, the Yankees. Let's talk about them a little bit. And I'm not a Yankee fan, and I love to see them struggling, you know. 
But what a disgrace they have been this year, too. How about this loss yesterday? The Yankees have had a ton of terrible losses. And yesterday, we're playing golf. I'm playing golf with the Duke, Willie, Willie Earls, and, of course, uh, Clay, our buddy Clay Cassell, right? And we're playing. We're over at Blue Hill. And Duke's like, ah, oh, the Yankees won. At least the Yankees won today. I said, oh, okay, they won today. Good. You know, what they take? Two out of three from the Marlins, right? So now... I get home and I think, what did I, where did I hear it from? Who, who, to, oh, that's what it was. I get, I, I, I get, I get in the car. I look at my, I, I look at my text and I see the Yankees lost. I'm getting text messages. The Yankees lost. They blew a five run. They blew a four run lead in the ninth inning. They were up seven, three against the Marlins and gave up five runs. Clay Holmes and Tommy Canely gave up five runs in the bottom of the ninth inning and the Marlins beat them eight to seven. And a big play in the game is Kane, uh, uh, Holmes threw away a potential game-ending double play ball that gave the uh, Marlins two runs to get them right back in the game. Wow. And I'm telling you right now, Yankees right now are two games over 500. They're 60 and 58. They're five games out of the last wild card. They Now, and, and to make matters worse, they go to the Atlanta now to play three with the Braves, only the best freaking team in baseball, who just took three out of four for the Mets. From the Mets at City, Mets, the, the, the Braves actually threw him a game last night. Very nice of them. So now they play three with the Braves, and they play the Red Sox after that at home. The Yankees are not making the playoffs. Let's be honest. They're not. Even with Judge back, they don't pitch the Judge. They walked him twice yesterday, right? They're getting nothing out of Stanton. They're getting nothing out of LeMayu. They're getting nothing out of Rizzo. Yesterday, Garrett Cole, who's... To me, the best pitcher in baseball, okay? He's going to win the American League Cy Young. He's had a great year, the whole deal. He goes out and pitches six six terrific innings, allows just two runs, puts the Yankees in position to win the baseball game, and they punt it away. And how about this? I, I heard this stat from my buddy J.J. By the way, J.J. getting married in less than two weeks. J.J. hanging. Still time, bro. Anyway, I heard this from my buddy, my buddy J.J. on Sports Night. There have been seven games this year where the Yankees have had, uh, where Cole has pitched at least six innings and allowed two runs or less, and the Yankees have lost seven of them. Seven of those games. Think about that. Really? I mean, they basically got to win every time Cole's out there. Well, who's the pitching staff? Cortez is out for the year. Severino's been an absolute disaster on the walk year of his contract. Domingo Herman, he of the perfect game, has had alcohol problems. He's done for the year. Where, who's pitching for this team? Where's it coming from? I mean, it, it is imperative that they win these games when Cole is out there, right? You got to win when Cole's there. Unbelievable. I, I really, it, is, it has been a horrible baseball season in New York. And you tell, tell me this, right? You tell me this. How in the world are, has, does Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone still have a job? Now, I, did, he, did, did Steinbrenner give him a four-year extension, Cashman? I think he did, right? Didn't he? How is this guy still here? And the same with Boone. And I know they've done a lot of winning, and I know they're basically in the playoffs every year. But the Yankees are held to a different standard. They haven't been to a World Series since 2009. That's like an eternity for them. Drop, drop in a bucket for my teams, but for them, it's, you know, an eternity. I mean, and Hal Steinbrenner, all he can, let's be honest. If if George was still alive, these guys, Boone and Cashman would have been gone a long time ago. They would have been gone years ago. But Hal Steinbrenner don't care. 
He sells out the building, right? He's getting 40,000 people for, uh, you know, the Royals on a, on a Tuesday night, right? He's selling the Yankee brand. <laughs> it's become – Yankee Stadium now is the trendy place. It's almost become a, a large-scale Madison Square Garden for Nick games as it's become now this trendy place to go, right, in New York. It's like going to the uh, the ballet or the uh, Museum of Modern Art or something like that. I mean, just unbelievable. It really is. So he don't really care. So these guys look like they got a job for life, and the fan base can't take it anymore. It, it's time for a new voice running the New York Yankees. It's time for Cashman to be gone. It's time for Boone to be gone. And it's time to really completely reevaluate this team you know, Yankees forever, and, we, and I, I've talked about this, have always, the great Yankee dynasty teams have always had left-handed power. They've always had that, going back to Ruth and Gehrig, you know, going back to when they had Charlie Keller and Tommy Hendrick in the Joe DiMaggio years. Obviously, Mantle and Maris, Mickey was a switch hitter, but obviously, how many home runs he did left-handed? Maris, Yogi Berra, all the left-handed power they had. You know, going into the years when Reggie was there, Reggie and Nettles and Chambliss, right? And then going into the dynasty years, obviously Don Mattingly when he was there. Then going into the the, the uh, dynasty years with Torrey when you had Tino Martinez and you had Paul O'Neill. Not that O'Neill hit a lot of home runs, but still. And Bernie Williams, a switch hitter, but, you know, left-handed power for sure with him. So the Yankees always had those kind of guys, right? Always had left-handed power. Now, now you got guys like Giancarlo and Judge, these right-handed power hitters. I know they could hit the ball out in right field, but it's not the same. And Rizzo just hasn't gotten the job done as a left-handed hitter. He's been, he's been as bad as any baseball player there is this year. So it's been a disaster. The Yankees need a new voice. And let's be honest, they sit now five games out of, out of the last wild card behind the Toronto Blue Jays. They're sitting in last place in the American League East, even though there's still a couple games over 500. They're on their way to play the Atlanta Braves now, the best team in baseball in Atlanta. Good luck with that. Then they play the Red Sox after that. They're, they're, not, they're going nowhere. They ain't making the playoffs. Playoffs? I'm like Jim Moore, those, the old uh, New Orleans uh, Saint coach. Playoffs? Playoffs? Right? Remember that? Unbelievable. All right. We got to go. Terry and I are going to be playing golf today. We played yesterday. Got to get uh, got to get back on track a little bit. Everybody have a great week. Uh, check my podcast out again on Friday. It uh, should be interesting. And uh, we'll, see, we'll talk to you then. Everybody enjoy, enjoy, and enjoy, and enjoy your week. God bless America. And I'll leave everybody with this as I always do. Right? All the love.